Hey guys, this is Jessica and this is Kendra and you're listening to Lucid Lab. Lab. So good to be here again. Oh my gosh, it's our second episode. We made it through our first one and we're back. We promised we'd be back and we're back and we hope you're happy to see us again or hear us again. Hear us again. Jessica spent the whole last week, I think, I feel like editing our first episode. How was that? Oh my gosh, please be kind because I've never done anything like that before. And I pr- I don't even think I'm going to tell you how many hours I did because it's probably ridiculous. And anybody who edits audio would probably laugh at me. But if you heard any like weird stuff, like, yes, please just be kind because... I tried. It was edited down from many hours to what you heard last <laughs> week. So I stitched as best I could. All right. All right. Thanks. Yes. I think it turned out really well. Okay. I hope everyone agrees. We'd love to hear your feedback. Please go on, listen to the episode, rate it, let us know what yep. we can bring to you guys to make Only it better. rate nice things, though. Yes. Not bad things. If you have something <laughs> negative to say, email us. Yeah, exactly. That's what <laughs> I say at work. It. Like, stop leaving bad reviews. Email yes. me with your issue. We want try to and improve. Fix it. <laughs> <laughs> we can't improve if you take our ratings so far down. So exactly. be kind. Yeah. That's all we ask. <laughs> so other than editing, did you have any other fun things to do this week? Well, you know, I did that and that lasted like three and a half days, I feel like. And then I don't know what was, if it was from that uh, or just in general. I did tell you last time like I wake up a lot during the night oh yeah and I just I did not sleep well this week oh man we were hoping to come into this with so much more energy because we were just out of it on the first episode yeah it was... we recorded till 1 30 in the morning which was a lot yeah of guys and, and we're not used to I'm not at least maybe you are because you don't sleep as well as I do but 1 30 I get yeah started getting a little <laughs> tired and maybe mm-hmm. cranky and we yeah. still had to drive after that yeah and it was, so yeah, it was a long night so we're starting a lot earlier today hopefully we'll be a little more energetic and you well, guys will see that <laughs> that's what I'm hoping but yeah I'm, I have like three nights in a row now I've probably gotten a couple of hours and I am just wide, wide awake. What's been going on? Well, a lot of it, I feel like, you know, stress when you can't sleep, but I feel like a lot of it has been, I can't like straight up say paranormal, but I've always had something with me since I was a little girl and like my mom and my sisters can attest to this, all of my experiences, but it just feels like things were a little bit more active in the last few days. Did they hear you're doing a podcast? Maybe <laughs> they're coming. They're, they're like, like let's, "Hey, let's we heard you're doing our podcast about paranormal. <laughs> exactly. We're going to help you out." I had twice. It sounded like someone was gasping and breathing in my ears, wow. and even my cats were freaking out. A couple. I mean, times. if animals sense it, that tells you mm-hmm. it's not just like you know in your dream or waking up. I've always kind of based the danger of what's around me when I'm in my house or in my room on like my cat's reactions on yeah. if they're doing anything or not. But I definitely hear things and you're always sitting up and you're like, where's the cats? Because I have two cats and they're yeah. always <laughs> sleeping with me. So if they're both on the bed, everything's asleep, good. Then I'm yeah. good. And I'm like, I can hear things and it's fine, whatever. But they're both here. So we're good. But she like, I heard this big noise and like I sat up and she ran out of the bathroom area so fast, hit my closet door, booked it out my room. Whoa. And so like, I just knew... There was something and then the next morning. What kind of noise was it? Like bang or? It sounded like something just, I don't know, just like weird clicky noises or, and I know my house, like it's not Mm -hmm. just my house settling in areas. Right. Um, uh, But the next morning, because I had gone to the grocery store the night before and I buy these like big jugs of water and I put them in my kitchen, like closet thing. Right. And the next morning... One of them was, I sent Kendra a picture of this. It was crazy. It's completely folded in on itself. 
like, with the water still in it. And it didn't, like, none of the water escaped, right? No. Like, and so um, I, like, it's unexplained. We will put a picture on our socials. Maybe. Do because, I still have it? <laughs> if we still have it. Um, because it's pretty bizarre. Like, it's not something that I think anybody could do on purpose. Yeah. I even asked my daughter, like, did you to. step on this? But she's just a little burst. girl. I don't think she could have done that. Yeah. And it would have burst and it was it's just very it's weird very weird and it just kind of tied into all the other weird stuff going on and we like to house. bring weird stuff into this podcast and so weird i did say i was haunted last week and i really am <laughs> so okay we'll keep you updated um jessica will hopefully not encounter anything i need someone to officially confirm it to me mm-hmm. that something's with me or or i'm just sensitive or something because I know me, but like if I could have someone that I could trust tell me something specific, it would be some validation yeah. for my entire life. So we will look for that someday. Yeah. <laughs> someday, maybe a guest on the show. Yeah. What about you? Okay. So this week, uh, I mentioned last week we went to spring break. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we did while we were there is we went to a cat cafe. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been to a cat cafe? <laughs> I haven't. You've gone a couple times and they sound so much fun. Like oh so much fun. Yeah, I wanted to bring every cat home. Uh, we actually did bring one cat home. Uh, she was the sweetest little thing, and uh, she's a little calico. I haven't had a cat. I think I had one cat when I was probably like five or six years old, and the cat hated me because I was five or six years old, <laughs> yep. and he would like poop in my shoes and like. Oh my goodness! <laughs> he did not like me. Um, as a boy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I yeah. I'm I've a little partial girls. to girl cats. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got this little calico cat. She's a year old. We rescued her through this great, um, it's called the Teddy Cat Cafe. So I'll give a shout out to them. If you're in the Denver area, Sarah runs it and she's an amazing lady and just very, very caring. And she knows a lot about her cat. So mm-hmm. we ended up with this cute little cat and we've been setting her up this week. I am obsessed with her. I think I have about 50 pictures or probably more than that. What am I talking about? I probably <laughs> have like a hundred pictures on my phone already because I just can't get enough of her. So. Oh, and what, from what you've sent me, she's just so cute because she's a smaller cat like yes. mine. Both my cats are like those small, like they never got past the teenage size. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I want. She's like a kitten, but she's, you know, full grown. So she'll be a kitten forever. You're going to have to post a picture of her. But, I will. Um, and you to should me, post she's one not, of your cute little kitties I will. too. And mine are elderly. They're both 19 years old. But yours, you keep saying calico, but to me, she's like three different cats because she has the brindle the Mm -hmm. black and white and then kind of the the tortoise they call them torties yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that's what we thought she was but she has white paws so that makes her calico because she's just all kinds of pretty colors she's everything (laughs) and she's got bright yellow eyes and my favorite thing that she does is when you start petting her she automatically starts purring and she rolls over Mm -hmm. and a lot of times you know cats act like they want you to pet their belly but then they like claw you to death she wants you to pet her belly. Aww. Like it's the cutest thing. So yes, I'm obsessed <laughs> with my cat. Her name's Toffee and Toffee. I will post a picture. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys can all be obsessed with her too. And mine too. And uh, your sweet little girls too. Yeah, they're the sweetest. So that's what's been keeping my attention this week. While you were editing, I was playing with my cat. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> knew like a- that was going to happen though. <laughs> I was prepared. <laughs> but for this episode, maybe you should come over to my house and we'll have a cat party and edit together. Oh my gosh. Uh, I was going to say I would bring my cat and all. I can't put them through any more travel oh, than no. their elderly age. They hate the car. Aww. And so sadly, I don't think I will ever do that again unless yeah. I absolutely have to. Yeah. I'm at the stage where I'm just making sure that every single day for the rest of the lives that they have is going to be 
as the loving best. and the best as possible. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'm sure we have a lot of listeners out there who are cat fans as well. Yes. So hopefully. yeah. Let and us we're both know. dogs. We both I have are a dog, dog too. people too. Yes. My yeah, doggy- I don't pick between the two. I no. like them all. I like all animals. My sweet dog Tiffany passed away last year and it was it's a very, so very, hard. very hard time for me. But so maybe I'll post her too, just so you know, because I had her for 18 years and she was my first dog. And so I miss her. You can see all of the pets of the podcast. Yes. And the past pets because they still are with us. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they are. Well, I have something else I wanted to share. It wasn't necessarily what happened this week, but it was also part of my spring break that I didn't share on the first episode because I was nervous maybe. And (laughs) I don't know. Um, We still are. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. Um, So I went to the Lumber Baron Inn, which I don't know if you're familiar with that place. I I found that once in like some of the research that we were doing and it's one of the haunted places in Denver. We're definitely gonna have to do an episode on this place. Yes. Yeah. So they do a tea and of course I love going to the tea. It makes me feel fancy like I'm British or something. (laughs) (laughs) And their tea was wonderful. It was all homemade. Mm, And that's nice. Yeah. If you're once again, if you're in the Denver area, I'd highly recommend. But when you book the tea, you can choose to do what they call a magical tea. And that comes along with a tarot reading. Oh, my goodness. Now I have to go do that, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I will post in the show notes some information about this okay. um, because I had this wonderful reading, mm-hmm. a tarot reading that I mentioned again last week. And I wanted to go in a little bit more detail about it because I thought it was really cool. And I've been saving the story like Jessica hasn't heard this yet because we really wanted to share it with everyone at the same time. Yeah, I want to hear. I'm ready um, now. <laughs> So I had never had a professional tarot reading done. And mm-hmm. so when I went in um, and her name is Sarah, but I'll also put this in the show notes. Does because she, she has a work business. at the Lumber Baron or was she just there for the tea? So she's the innkeeper okay. of the Lumber oh, Baron. That's cool. But she is also um, she has her own business. We started the tarot card reading and she said, is there any you know specifics you have today? And I was like, not really. I kind of just want to see what you bring to me. Like, yeah. what does mm-hmm what does the universe need to tell me today? And so she said, okay, what I'm going to do is a past, present, near future reading. Okay. And she shuffled the decks and then I chose three cards. Okay. And so the first card is your past. The second card is your present. And the third card is your near future. Mm -hmm. So for my past, the Empress came up. The Empress is like femininity. It has a lot to do with like your home life, things Mm -hmm. like that. And then in the middle for the present was the Queen of Swords. Mm-hmm. And she is actually the masculine energy mm-hmm. of the queens. And she's about making decisions and doing it without emotion. So it's like a judgment type of card right. from what I understand. And then for near future, I had the queen of pentacles. Nice. But it was reversed. Oh, okay. So let me tell you what she yeah. said. All that means okay. together. Um, so the empress in the past, she said, to me, this means that in your home life, perhaps you had some conflict in the past, but you've worked through it. And everything's Mm -hmm. good in your home life, which is true. I moved in with my boyfriend three years ago. Things are great. Kids are great. Obviously, my new cat. Everything's beautiful, right? right? Mm -hmm. And then she said, in the present right here with the Queen of Swords, it looks like you are reaching some kind of decision point. And she's like, and this is also a communication card. The Queen of Swords has a lot to do with communication and air and everything like that. And then she said with the reversed, is that right? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the reverse queen, queen of, of pentacles. Pentacles has a lot to do with money. Yep. So she's like, because of these cards together, I see that you have a conflict with your work life. This has to be something with your career. Like perhaps you're struggling right now because you want to be more creative, like the queen of swords and communicate. Mm-hmm. She's like, you want to communicate something, but your current job today is not letting you do that. No. And yeah. I was like, that makes okay, this sense. is kind of already <laughs> creepy, right? Yeah. And so she's like, let's just keep going and see what else the cards have to say. So then she pulled two more cards. I'm sorry, three more cards. Okay. And it was the two of swords, the five of pentacles and strength, which has the lion on it. Mm-hmm. So the two of swords, I think the two of swords, you know what? I can't remember what that one was. It wasn't as important. It had something to do with my past and my home life and You're everything's like, I'm, good I'm there. I'm done there. Okay. <laughs> I'm worried about for, my work thanks life. for <laughs> confirming that. <laughs> so, um, but the five of pentacles can actually be a negative card. Okay. And it shows a person like limping, oh. like with crutches. Mm-hmm. And and then the strength card is a, a very positive card. It has a lion on it. It's all about like pulling through a conflict. So she said, what I see here is that you have this conflict with work. And what this five of pentacles is telling me is that if you don't resolve this and figure out what you're missing in your life right now, career wise, it could manifest in physical sickness Mm. could manifest in like, just, you're not going to be happy. Something is really, you know, holding you Mm -hmm. down here. And now I'm going to get a little woo. (laughs) Get woo here. Get woo here. I feel like, you know, perhaps in your past life, you had a different career path or whatever, and it's trying to come out. Oh my gosh. I have so much to say about what you're trying to say. And she said, I just feel like there's something you need to do and you need to communicate. She just kept going back to communication. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, and I haven't told her anything about myself yet. And I'm like, this is so crazy. She's like, but this five of pentacles is a negative card. But she's like, it's fine because right next to it is the strength card. Mm -hmm. That means you're going to have a little time of turmoil here. Yeah. But I see you pulling through because of the strength card. And I was like. Hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. we do, right? Yeah. Like we've faced all kinds of shit, you know, in our we life have. and we pull through yeah. and always will. And so then she's like, how does this resonate with you? Can you tell me anything about what's going on in your life? And then I told her about the podcast and I nice. said, this is so like just serendipitous the way that this is coming to me because this was, you know, the weekend before we started recording our first episode. Right. Oh, that's so awesome. It was just Right before. It just felt meant to me. I I could talk about this all day, but I'm going to go quick. And then she pulled two more and it was the Knight of Wands and the Three of Pentacles. And so the Knight of Wands, she's like, is a messenger card. And this means that like this message needs to come to you and you need to bring a message to the world and and things like that. We don't know what the message is yet, but you know what? I hope we get somewhere. I hope you guys are still listening to us because... I just, I don't know. We will. And I've had the same exact thing. I know I'm supposed to speak in Mm -hmm. some way. And for like the last year, I've really struggled on what that is. Yeah. And like, I wanted to do a podcast. I told you before, like I wanted to do one of my, I like felt called to doing a podcast. Right. Or having some kind of speaking platform in some way. But I couldn't, I couldn't find the comfort in doing that by myself. (laughs) So us, it just became... Perfect. Well, so that's a perfect segue it's to the perfect. last card. So the last card was a three of pentacles and that's the card of collaboration. And it's also money. So she's yeah. like, I see this being successful based on the way that these cards flow. 
And in the collaboration, she was like, it looks like it will be three people. I know you said you only have one partner. So perhaps that's, you know, you two are doing the podcast, but there's a third person that I see that you need to bring in okay. to perhaps help with an area of the business that you oh, guys I are. I think we already know I who know. that might be. <laughs> that's why I had to share yeah. this with you because it was just crazy. So spot on. And I left yeah. there and, and me and her talked for a long time and I can get into that some other day because we have other things to get into today, but it was just really inspiring. And That's I wanted good. to share that because it made me feel like this is what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, to be honest, I don't see anything else. You know, we've been in the rat race of doing what we do for companies for like a really long time. And even though I like what I do now, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. financially, that's just not the ticket for me. Um, And I need to stop saying um so much. So if you hear that, you know, we're learning how to talk. Okay, it's like baby steps. We're little babies again, trying to figure out how to speak. uh, Well, it kind of takes me back to just work in general. Mm -hmm. I've worked remote for like eight years uh, or more. I can't remember. So I don't communicate that much with people now um, other than the few people that I work with. You know, it's weird. It's it's almost like we're training ourselves how to have actual conversations. I know. Like we text so much in this day and age. I mean, just on the way over here, I told her, I was like, we need to start singing out loud in our cars (laughs) before we start recording. Yeah. Because my voice doesn't work when we first sit down. We spend like 10 minutes clearing our throats before we start recording. We will hopefully not ever put you guys through that torture. I'm trying not to. (laughs) Trying not to. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you for listening to my jibber jabber about the tarot. (laughs) I like that word. I thought it'd be fun. I hope the tarot card reading was interesting to you or or perhaps it's something like dreams where you have to be there but I just thought it was cool to share because it ties into our podcast so well and what we're Mm -hmm. doing today so on this episode (laughs) I was so excited to research this place it's near and dear to my heart I've been here. I think if you go looking for a list of the most haunted places in America, for sure, perhaps even in the world, it's guaranteed this spot is going to show up. It's going to pop up. And that place is the Stanley Hotel. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yay. And we're Colorado girls. I felt like it was only fitting that this is the first paranormal podcast that we do is on the Stanley Hotel. It's only about an hour away from where yeah, we live. Yeah, it's really close to us, which is really cool. Yes. And, and I've been there two times. And I've been just the once. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go back. We we both need to go back a bunch. Yes. A and we want to go back. And after I tell you some of these stories, we're yeah. definitely going to have to book another. I mean, it's, there's really, it's really ridiculous that we've only been that little amount of times. Right. I mean, it, because it's just as close as us driving to the south of Denver. So before I jump in, I just want to say I did a lot of research. I have a lot of details. So this very well could end up being a two-part episode. It could be. Yeah. So don't hate us. I know it's kind of early in our podcasting career to do this. We don't know anything yet. But we don't know. Just giving you heads up. So if you're not familiar with the Stanley Hotel, what it's probably most known for is its connection to Stephen King's The Shining. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm going to talk more about that later. And then also it is located in Estes Park. So this is a little village, not village. It's a tourist <laughs> yeah, city uh, where Rocky Mountain National Park is right there. So it's a cute. It's I love the little city. It's it's awesome. You may have also heard about it. If you don't hear about the connection to the Shining, you've probably heard about all of the hauntings that have happened there, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And it's quite active. There's been quite a few ghost paranormal shows 
podcasts, uh, mm-hmm. YouTubers that have gone there to do paranormal investigations. Oh, there's so. a lot on it. But at the same time, like you like you said, we live here like and yes. we have a different take. And we went as just people who wanted to go <laughs> like well, it wasn't I for actually, any other purpose. <laughs> I went on the ghost tour there. So oh, see, I I'll talk about to that. Do that. Yeah. Yes. And we'll talk more about that. Sorry, I don't want to like spoil anything. So I'm going <laughs> to jump in. Uh, but did you want to say anything about your um, experience there? You know, when we were eating at The Shining. Oh, the Shining. The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> you put it in my head. She ate at when The Shining. We, um, so when we ate at the Stanley and their restaurant. Yeah, and their that restaurant. They have. It was really good. It's a really beautiful restaurant. Like it is. It's just it, the entire property is beautiful. You just feel like you're stepping back in time. It is. It's really. I had a great time, but I do have like one quirk that really pissed me off when I was mm-hmm. sitting there because when we got the charcuterie, is that what it's charcuterie? Charcuterie. <laughs> charcuterie. I should know this. I worked at I know. plenty of places where I had to say the freaking word, but whatever. <laughs> it's the hardest word in the, well, maybe not the hardest, but it's it's up there with Worcestershire. <laughs> it, well, Worcestershire. Some lady I watch, it's like a cooking show and she calls it like washer sister just, be, <laughs> just to make it funny because she's tired of trying I to say the that. word. <laughs> I was like, maybe don't wash your sister. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> actually, it wasn't even that. I think it was a cheese board. That's what I got. Okay. Anyway, it comes with like two little, tiniest little pieces of bread, you know, steamy oh, yeah. things. And I was like, please, can I have some more? <laughs> and so I asked the server and he was like, oh, yeah, sure. And I was like, thanks. And he's like, it's a dollar a piece. And I was like, <laughs> a dollar a fucking piece of a For tiny bread? little piece bread of cost a bread? dollar a loaf dude because i mean all that cheese and i need to eat it with some things so i was yeah. i was I was pretty sour about that. Yeah. I'm like, I can go buy two loaves with how You're much bread I want. You're definitely paying for the ambience there if you eat at the restaurant, but. I'm sorry. They could beautiful. have given me even just one. And I didn't even want to spend a dollar for the one. That would have helped, but it yeah. was like, that's just rude. You guys spent, they're so expensive. I'm like, mm-hmm. you can let go of a tiny sliver well, I guess it, it costs a lot, though, to run this hotel because we're going to tell you guys or I'm going to tell you guys how large this place is. It is pretty, it's pretty crazy. It's cool to walk the grounds. But before right. I go into like all of the hotel details, I think it's really, you know, important to talk about the past and how this mm-hmm. hotel even came to be and how yep. this town even came to be, because it was really influenced and shaped by the man who ultimately opened the Stanley Hotel. And I don't think when others like talk about this they go into much detail but this guy was really really cool and he did a lot of good things and I think he should be recognized I've heard a little bit but not all of it so let's go back many many years ago let's talk about Estes Park so in my life but (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about our past lives at some other Uh, point maybe (laughs) um so the setting for this hotel is in it was of course not originally called the Estes Valley it was actually before Rocky Mountain National Park was built and all of that. They found uh, fossils that people were in this area as early as like 12,000, whatever, like 12,000 years ago. So they were saying that um, the original humans came into this area from the Bering Strait land bridge. And like, I don't know why Mm -hmm. you would pick this area because... For those of you not familiar with Colorado, it's very, very cold up there and they get probably more snowfall. It's cold, but actually as you're coming down into Estes, it's a protected area. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just surrounded by these mountains and it was probably a a, a a good place place to to hang. Um, there were also just to hang out, not to live, <laughs> to hang until just the snows out. went, the snow yeah. went through or whatever. Right. All right. Um, pitch a tent. Right. But yeah. Okay. So then 
other, uh, when the Native Americans started finding this area because there were lots of elk and moose and there still are today, it's why it's a protected area now. So the Ute and Arapaho uh, Native Americans, they would actually summer in the Estes Park area. Nice. And then they would go further south because it would get so cold. And you'll see that this sounds familiar when we start talking about the hotel. This is really an area that people want to go to in the summertime because the wintertime gets pretty harsh. There's actually remnants today. If you go to Rocky Mountain National Park, this is just the nerd in me. You can see the trail where the Native Americans would go back and forth over the continental divide. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. Let's get closer to why um, Stanley came here and how he got there. So in about 1800, there were the mountain men started (laughs) coming to this area and they were chasing bear and elk. And they were like those grizzly mountain men looking for the pelts and, you know, imagine (laughs) what they may have looked like. Um, And so they were the first ones. And then there was a man named uh, Major Stephen H. Long who came to the area with the Yellowstone expedition in 1820. And he was the one that first discovered, well, you know, the white men like to no. say they discovered. Yeah, right. <laughs> but no. Long's Peak is actually named for him. Are you okay. familiar with Long's Peak? That's another Colorado thing. Isn't it like a Hooters? Kind oh, of. Oh, that's Twin Peaks. Oh, <laughs> Long's Peak. <laughs> I don't know. I just never went because I'm like, no. I mean, I'll go to support you, but I already knew like when I worked down in that way everybody would go there for lunch all the guys yeah like, I think my boyfriend's been there with a couple okay. friends <laughs> like Just I'm not girls. gonna go all <laughs> <No>. right <laughs> so Long came to the area and the Long Speak was named after him and this is typical right like he never even climbed it it's, no let's just name it, a whole mountain after him because <laughs> he was a white dude that showed up um, in the 1800s it is one of the most famous uh, mountains in Colorado and it's the like kind of central point for Rocky Mountain National Park it's probably one of the most I think it is the most dangerous mountain to climb in Colorado like I people die every should year know more about all this stuff I yeah. mean living here I've lived here longer than I lived in the other states which is crazy well, if any of you guys are up for an adventure, uh, Long's Peak is there in the Estes Park area. About 10,000 people come here every year to try and climb it, and only less than half of them make it to the So peak. it's our... Uh, it's our Everest. It's our Everest. <laughs> I was going to say, it's our avalanche. I will tell Everest. you, though, that it's also the mountain that has the most like helicopter rescues every year, Aww. and people actually die, so make sure you're in good shape. I think sometimes in Colorado, a lot of people come out here thinking, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to climb a mountain. It's serious stuff, so... yep. That's why people come to train here for different sports. Mm -hmm. For running, mm -hmm. especially. But enough about that. Um, I'm not here just to give you mountain I don't know. We might have a lot of mountain people. Yeah. I I hope you guys are still with us. Maybe Colorado will like us because, I mean, do you hear it talked about that much in other podcasts? Not the ones I listen to. Everybody we listen to is mostly in the Northeast. It's true. And Colorado has a lot of gems and we hope to bring that to you guys. I like that you use the word gems. Yes, we do have some gems, too. <laughs> I, I just never use that word, so now I like the word. So speaking of gems, the other thing that brought everyone to Colorado was the gold <laughs> rush. Yep. <laughs> Not quite gems, but all of a sudden, everybody wanted to strike it rich. Mm-hmm. And there was a man named Joel Estes. You see where this is going. He actually struck it rich out in California, so he already had his fortune. And then he was like, I want to go somewhere pretty, because the parts of California where gold rush probably wasn't the prettiest. More and a lot of people were there. Like, yeah. So he and his family came across this valley and he loved it. He was from Kentucky originally. He was out west, didn't want to leave. And he came across this valley and he moved his wife and 13 children. (laughs) They were all still alive. 13 children. That's crazy. Can you imagine that? You're just like hiking around. You're like, "Mm, I like this place. I like this place. Like, I'm going to build everything here. Y'all want to move here? (laughs) 
interestingly enough, they, they moved here and they built up a little homestead. They planned to live here and start farming, et cetera. That didn't work out so well for them. They only stayed about six years. Okay. But while he was here, a reporter from the Rocky Mountain News, he was like, hey, you should come up and see my new digs. I got like a cool little cabin up here. <laughs> William Byers came up and he decided that he should name the area after his friend because I guess he had quite the weekend at the cabin. <laughs> Just a weekend. <laughs> they had some good brews, whatever. And he was like, you should name this Estes Park. To me, it's better that someone else chose it instead of, you know, just moving there and going, this declaring. shall now be Estes Park. He decided he didn't like to live that high of altitude. Okay. Um, and farming doesn't work real well when you yeah. only have about four months <laughs> where it's not snowing. I know. So he's yeah. like, well, this was cool and all, but it's been six years and I think it's time to go. Yeah. So he sold his land to a man named Griff Evans, which there's another mountain named after Griff Evans, too. Jeez. You can see like. See, the key is take land from Native Americans, be the first yep. in the area, and then you get to name everything after you. Interestingly enough, Evans Mountain is now being renamed a Native American name. Good. Which yep. I'm really, really happy about. Yeah. We got to vote on it this year in Colorado. Mm hmm. And I agree with it because this guy didn't even climb this mountain either. And he still gets, I mean, like, come on, they didn't even do anything. Well, I declare this podcast lab, Jessica. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, okay. get to it. So back to Evans. So the reason I'm bringing Evans up is because he was the one that really made this area start popping. He built a dude ranch, the first dude ranch ever, actually. And all of a sudden, all the rich people were like, that sounds fun. I want to ride horses. There was a big obsession with the <laughs> Wild West. And all these East Coasters were like, I want to be a mountain man. I want to ride horses. I want to rope cattle. So he built this up and started marketing to all these rich people. Sounds very Colorado of us. Yeah. Even today. Let's capitalize on those tourists. And they, what, you said they brought them from California? Uh, no, mostly the East Coast, actually. Oh, okay. I was going to say so. that's today, too. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, one of those famous guests, and you're going to hear him come up again. So that's why I'm bringing him up. Okay. There's there's method to my madness. Um, one of those famous guests that came to the Dude Ramp, his name... <laughs> dude Ramp. Dude Ramp. It's okay. <laughs> the Dude Ramp. <laughs> there was a ramp somewhere at some his point His name there. was the Earl of Dunraven. So mm -hmm. he was a fancy schmancy guy yeah. that wanted to come rough it a little bit, right? I guess so. He also went by Lord Dunraven, which is what I'll call him from now. Is he allowed Earl. to have those names or did he name himself? I mean, he's from England, so I don't know exactly Maybe. how all that works. I don't know either. But he's a rich dude. He's also known. He was not known to be a nice guy. Okay. As so far, you haven't really told me any any mean, mean, mean people yet. And I was expecting there has to be somewhere, someone this in This guy's here the not so nice one. And okay. we'll hear about him again later. Okay. Perhaps hanging out in the Stanley. Okay. He fell in love with the area and decided, I'll take it. <laughs> Literally, mm -hmm. I'll take it. Like and he so he claimed it. it okay. 15,000 acres of it. He said, this is mine. He didn't pay. He did it in very wily ways. Like a lot of people hated him. Okay. They did not like him. He was, you know, an outsider and they had already been building and roughing it up here. And he just came up and was like, it's mm, beautiful. I want to build a house. I'm going to take 15,000 acres, throw money at you. Come on, you peasants. You want my money, oh, basically. Okay. Didn't go over too well. There was many attempts to thwart his ownership, but they were not able because he had so much money. Right. What so he bought do? this land. Okay. And he owned it. There was another settler that came around this time. And I just thought this was a cool story. So I'm throwing it in here. There was a woman, an English woman named Isabel Bird. She traveled solo to Colorado from Breton in 1873. By herself. Badass. Yeah. Badass. 
She was determined to make it to Estes Park. She'd heard about this dude ranch. She's like, I want to go there. Oh. <laughs> this is cool, right? Yeah. And she actually wrote a story called A Lady's Life in the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> and it included a friendship with this guy. He was a mountain man named Jem. And this bitch, <laughs> this, this woman. This bitch. She actually summited Long's Peak. So all these other white dudes are coming oh, here. Oh, bitch getting, in a good way. Sorry. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. This bitch, <laughs> okay. as in like badass bitch. Yeah. Climbed Long's Peak. Okay. By herself with Mountain Man Way Jen back then. In 1873. And now we have all this stuff and we can't do it. She was probably climbing sometimes. in a dress. Yeah, exactly. And little booties. Like, right? I, I don't know. I know that has nothing to do with the Stanley, but I just thought that have was a Have you seen a, cool a picture? Story. Maybe she was ahead of her time and she was one of those women who wore pants, pants anyway. I mean, she was solo in that time. Yeah. And like, I just, I'm impressed by women. I picture her that way. I do too. Maybe I'll find a picture and post yeah. it. So now we're getting closer to where did Stanley come from, right? Yep. So there was another settler that came in and decided to compete with Lord Dunraven. Well, okay. First of all, Lord Dunraven did not build any lodges. He just built his own house. He was all about himself. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so he wasn't sharing this. He was just like, this is my land. It's beautiful. Fuck off. Yep. Essentially. Mm-hmm. So there was the Evans Dude Ranch. And then another guy came along and he was like, I want to get in on this tourist thing. There's room for another one. So he built a place called the Elkhorn Lodge. That's it's still there. there today. Yeah, I was yes. like, that, I recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. So he built it and he's a nice guy. Wow. Like when him. did you say that was built in? Um, He came in like 1896, I think. So it was built, built before this, before the Stanley? It was. That's awesome. Okay. And in fact, he and his sons, they did a fish ranch. So they, they had the dude ranch that was attracting all the cowboy wannabes and then this guy, um, his name was W.E. James. He built the Long Elkhorn Lodge and did a fish ranch so people could come there to fish. Because the river runs through. Yeah. And there's tons okay. of trout. Yeah. And actually, he and his sons would catch like 500 to 800 trout per day. Oh, my goodness. And they were the main suppliers to all the restaurants down in Denver. Makes so much sense. So there were some cool guys. Wow. But the Elkhorn Lodge is what eventually attracted Freeman Stanley. He came to Estes Park in 1903 and he stayed at the Elkhorn Lodge. Nice. With that, I want to go into F.O. Stanley. He's the guy. He's the reason the Stanley Hotel exists. He's got a really interesting backstory, too. He's actually a twin, which also plays into The Shining. Um, Okay. Think about that. Okay. Um, I'm waiting to hear everything you have to tell me because, like, I'm trying to, like, not say what my brain is considering to be accurate information yeah. <laughs> from what I know. <laughs> like, please teach me. Shut up, Jessica. <laughs> I hope this isn't boring to everyone. I just no, think it's everything, really everybody is going to be interested in the, the Stanley. Yes. I mean, that's why it's such a phenomenon worldwide. Yes. So teach me. So Mr. Stanley, Freeland Oscar Stanley is his name. And he, so that's where the FO comes from, Freeland Oscar. He was born on June 1st, 1849, alongside his twin brother, Francis Edgar, Stanley, who goes by F.E. So we've got F.O. and F.E. are the two Stanley brothers. Okay. They were born in Kingfield, Maine. Oh, they came a long way. Kingfield, Maine is just a small farming community. It's in the northwest part of Maine. There's only about 650 residents. Today? Uh, at the time. Or at the That time. they were born okay. in 1849. Sorry to anybody that lives here. I know nothing about your area. <laughs> so they were raised in a Calvinist household. They're very similar to very strict, like, Mormon almost. They didn't drink. Oh, didn't okay. cuss, mm-hmm. you know, all the fun things in life they didn't do. Yep. That's why a lot of us leave. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> but they were born into what they called small town privilege. The family wasn't really well off, but his father, Solomon Stanley, he was an influential citizen. He was a teacher. He served in several civic positions. So the Stanley name was well known in this little tiny town. Okay. 
And so their household was very well educated. The parents like instilled this knowledge in them of science, poetry, music. So they were well educated. And from a young age, they were encouraged to embrace that. They did have, they were in a family of seven children. Okay. That's a little bit more doable than 13. Yes. Okay. I don't know. I'm from one of six, so that's just one more. Seven seems okay. So they were kind of in the middle. They had an older brother. They had a younger brother. They had a younger sister. Two of their brothers, unfortunately, passed away in infancy, as is common back in those days. But the twins, they were amazing. They had this like natural aptitude for engineering and inventiveness from a young age, at nine years old, they opened their first business together. <laughs> oh, I mean, what were you daughter doing needs to get on it, I guess. <laughs> no. Right? Why aren't our kids making us money already? But their first business was refining and selling maple sugar at age nine. At nine? Mm-hmm. Did someone teach them or they were like, mm, let me do this? I'm not real sure. It didn't go into much detail, but... Sorry. They made some decent cash, apparently. No, everything. Okay. <laughs> well, then by 11, they were like, okay, sugar's not where it's at anymore, uh, so they had a great uncle that taught them how to make violins. So by age 16, F.O. Freeman had completed three instruments and he continued to make these throughout his life. And we'll oh talk about gosh. it more. I wonder if they're still somewhere. They are huge collector's items now. Oh. They sell for over thousands of like tens of thousands of dollars. I, want one. I used to play the viola. Yeah. You said violin, but I don't care. It's the violin. It was uh, he's making these at 11. I know that's crazy. I mean, I guess you only lived to like 30 back then, but. He's like, I got to get on it right now. So it was because their parents didn't have a lot of money. These kids are like scrappy, right? And they're going to figure out how to make money. So it seemed like even as children, they like just discovered ways to earn money because they wanted things and they they had big ambitions in their life. Right. I can admire that. They went off to college and uh, they decided they were both going to be teachers. They're real close. Freeman was doing great in college, but Francis was like, college isn't my jam. Francis is Effie. Yes. Okay. Effie. Sorry, guys. This is going to get confusing. If I use the initials, I feel like. Freeman is Freeman, our Stanley. Freeman is our Stanley. Francis is his twin brother. His but brother. they stay connected for a while. So. Okay. Maybe Freeman and Francis. Unless okay. your notes say F-O-F-E. No, that's fine. I can okay. change it. Hope you agree with my decision right now. <laughs> Francis was like, college is not my jam. I want to be an artiste. Okay. So he runs off to do he portraits. He sounds a lot like me. I like I like Francis, yeah. but I like Freeman, too. He continues. He finishes his school and he becomes a headmaster at the high school. OK. In this other small town. And that's where he meets the love of his life, Flora. She's a young teacher and I she's like a pianist. Name. So they meet. They get married. Everything's going great. And then Freeman, as many people in this time, gets tuberculosis. Wait, he hasn't even built the Stanley yet. No. So he dies? No. Oh, OK. <laughs> Keep going. Stay with me, Jessica. Okay. It's a long story. <laughs> yeah. okay. He met the love of his life and then finds out he has tuberculosis. So that sucks, that's right? Yeah. And he was like, you know what? This this sucks. I need a job that gets me out more. Because Outside. at the time they were like, yes, tuberculosis, the worst thing you could do is stay in a room with the same stale air. Right. And he was a headmaster where he just sat in a school all day. So he was like, I need to get out and do something. I need to lead a less sedentary life. Yep. So he had tuberculosis. His younger brother also got tuberculosis. So at the time right now, Freeman Stanley is about 30 years old. I was just going to ask. Okay. His brother's 27 and his brother does not make it. His brother I passes away. I thought they away. were twins. That was Francis. Sorry. <laughs> Francis is also 30 Which since they brother? are twins. <laughs> I know. When you said 27, I was like, wait a second. His younger brother, Solomon. 
Solomon. passed away. Okay. So um, <laughs> that was a life changing event for mm-hmm. Freeman. And he was like, fuck this. I'm not going to sit in a schoolroom. I'm going to do something exciting with my life. So Go he Freeman. went to, to catch up with Francis. Francis is over here painting portraits in and Colorado. In Maine. They're Sorry. both in Maine okay. still. <laughs> <laughs> I'm get to Colorado. I'm glad you're helping keep this straight because I'm telling this story and it's like, I'm sure other people out there have these same questions. So it's only our second episode. We'll get better. <laughs> like Hopefully it. this is clear. Okay. They're both um, in Maine. They're both still in Maine. Brother died. Yeah. Their brother now died. Freeman's like, I got to do better things with my life yeah. other than just sit here and teach all day. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, Francis, what are you up to? And Francis is like, I'm painting portraits and taking photography and doing all this cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And Freeman Stanley is like, I'm going to do something to make some money because I need to make money if I want to get out of Maine. So he yep. started a manufacturing company making, um, they were little drawing sets that had like a compass and a pen and a pencil and a protractor and it was in a little case and oh my he, goodness was um, he the first to do that <laughs> I guess so it was called the Stanley practical drawing set factory I loved those little things my daughter has something similar that she uses at school yeah, right I think now we and buy she's gotten in trouble for it because she opened her calculator and you like put the a, pencil and play yeah. with it um so it cost him about 25 cents to make and he sold it for a dollar so he started making some pretty good cash and then his brother at the same time, because these guys are like, they're so impressive. So Francis is over here. Not only is he painting portraits, but he's inventing new process called the dry plate photographic process. So back then when you would go and take pictures, because photography was still a new thing, you would have to uh, wet the plates and then okay. put them in the large thing. He made a way where you could do that ahead of time. It was like a gelatin and you could put it into the uh, actual camera and that would allow photographers to travel with their plates so instead of just being stuck in a studio you could go take pictures out oh, in nature okay. and, and such like that okay that was a big deal and that's what Francis was doing and then all of a sudden poor Freeman a fire burned down his drawing pencil manufacturing <gasps> one year after he opened it that sucks. For some reason, all I'm seeing is like something from Lisa Frank, but I know he didn't do that. <laughs> With little tigers. That's what's in my head. <laughs> and kittens. <laughs> so then his brother's like, I'm sorry, that sucks that your whole factory burned down. Why don't you come work with me? I think these photo plates are going to take the fuck off. And so they yeah, got together progress. and they established the Stanley Dry Plate Company. And that's where they made all their money. Wow. They became the state of the art. They amassed a small fortune. They're moving on up to the eastern side, or yeah, eastern Newton, Massachusetts. So, okay. 1900, the Stanley Dry Plate Company was grossing close to $100,000 per month. Wow. Which, let me just give you perspective. In 1900, $100,000 per month is equal to about $3.5 million today. Jeez. It's a lot of money. Yeah. They're doing real, real well. Uh, he went from a teacher, headmaster. He was a teacher. From and a, a, an artist to that. Wow. Yeah. So he Crazy. and his brother are living the high life. Yep. Uh, they moved to Newton. And, and they're self-made. They're self-made men. Newton, Massachusetts. And their wives are loving it. They're both married. I don't Flora's remember Francis's like, name. Flora's finally. like, cool. <laughs> I thought I was going to be a poor headmistress's <laughs> wife or whatever, playing my piano. And now I'm hoity-toity. Now, now I can still <laughs> play my piano, but <laughs> not worry about anything. So this is where... Oh, wait. She has seven children. Sorry. No, they don't have any children. God damn it. I can't keep anything straight. <laughs> <laughs> Who has seven children? Do you need me to write a, let me, next time I'll bring a chart. No. I hope you guys are following better than Jessica. <laughs> Who has seven children? 
That was Freeman and Francis's parents. They were born. Oh, they're the twins oh, are part of children. seven children. Okay. So at this time, Freeman and Francis have are no married. Children. They're 30 years old. They don't have children. They okay. live in the high life. They're partying, which cool. is what I'm going to talk about now. Awesome. This is where Stanley, when they moved to Newton, Stanley, you know, because he's not busy enough running a company and making violins and whatever the hell else he's doing. Mm-hmm. He decides architecture is his jam now and he nice. wants to do that. So they build custom homes and then they build a club for all their friends and neighbors. And it had a ballroom, billiard tables, bowling alleys. This will come up again in the Stanley. Freeman was a big bowler. He loved bowling. So So he has some history up there that he's probably well known for as well. That's cool. Yeah. I know someone in Maine. I really want to go to Maine. So their story doesn't end there because this is all going to, I promise this is all going to hang with me. It's going to tie in. So their dry plate factory in Newton was located next to an unused bicycle factory. Okay. So Francis, the twin brother of Freeman, <laughs> was fascinated with this new bicycle craze. So this is when bicycles were coming out and he really wanted his wife. He's like, we got to ride a bicycle. This is so fun. <laughs> she gets on the bicycle. She falls off. Yep. And she's like, fuck That's this. Me. I hurt myself. Whatever. I'm never riding it again. <laughs> and then Francis is like, don't give up on me. I am going to invent a way that we can ride a bicycle together. Oh, my God. The tandem. And safety and comfort. Awesome. You're kidding me. This, no, it's this not guy. the tandem. Yeah. So Francis. Oh, you're saying it's not the tandem. He's going to make an automobile. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he starts studying it all. And he was like, oh, I could do a combustion engine. I could do an electrical engine. I could do a steam. And he decided steam was the way to go. So he just thought up a car. Mm-hmm. He like, designed it. And he's like, mm, I, I can make it one of three ways. Yep. But I'm just going to do it this way. So by 1897, Francis sold all his horses and buggies and he built his automobile using bicycle parts and wagon parts from the unused factory next door. That's so awesome. They took it to the Boston Auto Show and it impressed the crowd so much that they decided our next venture, we're going to start the Stanley Motor Carriage Company. Oh, duh. There's a car at the Stanley. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) it's going they continued in business with this kept making it and they decided they wanted to focus on automobiles so they decided this dry plate photo business just isn't as fun and they ended up selling that business to george eastman of kodak (laughs) so they made crazy cash there i didn't quite write it down and they kept focusing on their cars and that was their big passion in life in fact their stanley steam car beat a record they had one called the rocket racer it exceeded the world record for speed reaching 128 miles per hour really so yeah all the way back then wow but while all of this was going on freeman got struck with tuberculosis he had a difficult recurrence because tuberculosis never goes away okay and so in 1903 he got hit hard and he was like something's not working so they decided they needed to move to a drier climate life is good they're the east coast swank and they're making tons of money, but tuberculosis will bring you down. Colorado was a logical choice at the time for many seeking. It was known as the mountain cure for tuberculosis. Um, mm-hmm. Fresh, dry air, lots of sunlight, and a hearty diet. So 1903, they set off to Denver. And they were to receive care from the preeminent American expert on tuberculosis at the time. His name was Dr. Charles Bonney. Interesting tidbit. The first place they stayed while in Denver was the Brown Palace Hotel. Oh. 
which is another famous haunted hotel in Colorado. It's like one of my favorite places here. I'm thinking Delta And I've Cola. never got to stay there, but I've gone. I haven't been at all. You haven't been there in No. I've been all? I've driven past it, but I haven't been oh, there. It's like a dream. They have presidential suites that are like to die for, and I hope someday to be able to afford it just like once. <laughs> I have a feeling we'll probably do an episode on Brown Palace. Maybe they'll point. let us stay there for free. Probably not. <laughs> But Freeman, while they came across the country, he was like, I'm not going anywhere without my car. So he had his car coming out, too. <laughs> well, of course, you can't leave that behind, that gym. <laughs> no, that gym of a car. So the doctor recommended that he just stays in Denver for a while. He wasn't getting that much better. And when his symptoms, his symptoms <laughs> had not greatly improved, Dr. Bonnie said, I think you should go up in the mountains. So in June, they ventured up to Estes Park. Freeman being in love with his car he packed his wife Flora up on a train and he's like I'm gonna drive my car oh were there roads for this car at the time not really okay some sources say he got lost along the way sure. ended up in Boulder another oh, source, I discovered this town too yeah well Boulder was already like there <laughs> he's like let's name this Stanley <laughs> it shows that he ended up a little west of Boulder actually and this was documented and he asked a person and this is in a little town called Lyons he pulled up in this like car and mind you like nobody in Colorado had seen these kinds of things before right. this was only on the east coast east coast was like the cosmopolitan part and okay. we're out in the wild west now and he right. shows up in this car so he pulls up and he asks this guy he's like hey can you give me somebody to ride along with me oh yeah 16 I mile need, <laughs> I need some company I'm bored. It's a 60 mile trip and 60 miles back then. And in this car would take about two hours. I thought that it goes 128 miles an hour. That's only their race car. He's in their little carriage. Okay. And I'll have to post a picture because this thing is like, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. It's like a little, if you think of a horse carriage and you cut the top off, you're just hanging out in some seats. That's what it is with this dimension behind it. It's not Mm -hmm. real large and it's open top. Right. And so the guy he asked was William Welch and Welch just looked at him like, uh, no, I'm not putting anybody that I know in that motor coach. That's so going to blow up. Exactly. He's okay. like, I'm not sending anyone. And Stanley being very proud, like this is my invention, got up to Estes Park and then called this guy back to be like, just so you know, I, I made, made it. it. <laughs> and the guy didn't believe him. And he put the, um, he was at like a service station and he put the service station. He didn't station. believe him. Had he blown up, he wouldn't be calling. <laughs> <laughs> he put the service station manager on the phone to confirm that yes, indeed, he did make it in Oh, I guess he could have walked car. if something happened. <laughs> I don't know. So they rented a cabin at the Elkhorn Lodge, like I mentioned earlier, and his health just improved dramatically he was like this place is magical I love it we're going to be here all the time and of course when he says that he doesn't want to be there when it's snowing he only wants to be there in the summertime Uh, so he was like let's plan to summer here every year that will keep my tuberculosis in check right Hmm. they met up with Mr. Lord Dunraven who I mentioned earlier the guy that nobody liked. And all of a sudden, Lord Dunraven, like nobody liked him and he was not making any money. People were being mean to him. And he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm getting out of here. So good. Go away. <laughs> he had already sold most of his 15,000 K, but he had 6,600 acres left. And that was what was sold to Freeman Stanley. Dunraven told Freeman, he was like, Estes Park has cost me a pretty penny. I hope that it does better for you. And he's then like, he well, I know what to do. Th- 
with things. He's dude. like, I won't be an asshole to everyone. I've built several companies. So the Stanleys built a little summer cottage. And by a little summer cottage, it was a four bedroom with multiple living areas and a modern kitchen because they wanted to entertain guests. Freeman's favorite pastimes included billiards, violins, and his steam car. So he designed a basement with a space that had a billiard table in a detached garage that had his violin workshop. So he continued to do that. And then he designed a garage for his steam car that had a turntable that would turn the car around so you didn't have to back it up. Oh, just for just for his car. Just for his car. <laughs> this house is actually still there today and on the property of the Stanley Hotel. You know, I didn't I didn't get to walk up, you know, the backside where they mm-hmm. have like those little cottages or whatever yeah, they I are. think it's back in there. I so don't it think must I've be seen back this. there yeah. because it was nighttime and I'm like, I can't go creeping up on everybody. It's actually not open to the public. It, it has been restored as a historic home, but it's privately owned now. Apparently, it has one of the best views in Estes Park. It opens up. It has a large veranda opening right up on the Long's Peak. Someone lived there? Someone lives there, Oh, yeah. someone does live there? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But you can see it on the property. It's probably a celebrity. Well, the Stanleys, <laughs> probably. I'm sure it sold for $10 million or something yeah. crazy. By 1907, they'd been living there for about four years or summering there. And they were like, you know... I really like it here, but it just doesn't have the same like feel to it as the East Coast. We need to like bring it up a notch. It's too rustic here. So they were just discontent and they were like, I'm bored. <laughs> Let's do something else. Yeah. They missed the high times. They wanted to host more posh parties, but none of their friends from the East Coast wanted to come and hang out in like a dude ranch valley. <laughs> it oh, seemed kind of boring, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So they were like, let's build a hotel. And that's where the Stanley Hotel started. Wow. So it began quickly because he had lots of money from mm-hmm. selling his companies. They were designing the Stanley Hotel to cater to the wealthy people like them from their social circle in Massachusetts. Stanley actually created the plans himself because he was gifted in architecture and he collaborated with a Denver artit- ar- artist. Ar- 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 artichoke. Architect. Architect. <laughs> Back to Mr. Lord Dunraven. So because Stanley, (laughs) the asshole, okay, Lord Dunraven, he's going to come up several times. Um, (laughs) Stanley was like, I bought this land from Lord Dunraven. I should name the hotel Dunraven Hotel. But nobody liked Dunraven, right? So there was actually a petition signed by 180 people, which was probably the whole town of Estes Park at the time. And they were like, still small. Hell no. Yeah. Do not name it that. Please name it after yourself instead. Why would he be like, well, since I bought it from this guy, I guess I should name it after him. I think he was a pretty humble guy from everything I read. Like okay. he, he's actually a really, really good guy. Freeman Stanley was a nice, nice man. I don't think he was like had the ego. He's like, I don't need to name it after me. I'll name it after Don Raven. He thought Dan Raven was OK. And then all of Why the people. Why does everything have to be after someone's name, though? You know, you could just name it. was it the a name. white man way back okay. in the day. The valley. <laughs> the valley ways of life. <laughs> <laughs> He wanted to make this a state-of-the-art hotel. He wanted it to be fully electric. So in order to do that, there was no electricity in the area. So he was like, that's cool. I got lots of money. He's Let's- like, I know how to do this stuff. Actually, he doesn't, but he's like, I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. Because that's what he did. And so he built and operated a hydro plant on Fall River. And he established the Estes Park Light and Power Electric Company. He's like, why not? He built distribution lines throughout the town and he allowed other residents to use the electrical lines. So he brought this to the company and they could purchase power for their homes. So he brought them into the, what is that? The 1900s? I don't know. 20th century? (laughs) 20th century? Did I say that right? Yeah. I know nothing about history. But he didn't stop there. He was like, I think it'd be really cool if we had running water. So he also established the first distributed water 
Maybe that's why the Stanley's so popular because like it was already set up for this stuff. So before I get into the details of the hotel, because I want to talk about like the architecture and all of that, I just want to close out with a few more nuggets of information about Freeman because I think he's a really cool guy. He built a big legacy in Estes Park and not only this beautiful hotel, but he did so many things for the town and the people. Along with the electric and water companies, he also established a sewer service there. He improved the road so that people could yeah, go back he and forth. Yeah, his cars. Mm-hmm. Yep. That had a little bit of a selfish selfish interest. I'm sure. Um, he also organized local citizen groups for major town projects. And Freeman and Flora never had children, but they were known as like being just these wonderful people towards the children. He would, was known to often give kids like dimes when they were coming by. He'd just be like, here's a dime. And that was a big <laughs> deal back then to go to the dime yeah, store. Exactly. Um, or he'd give them little trinkets. He would offer them rides. This sounds kind of creepy, but I don't think it was creepy back then. <laughs> <laughs> he would offer them rides in his steamer car, which was really cool for the kids, right? right. He would dress up at the hotel and Hopefully he'd pose not as for a clown. pictures. <laughs> Okay. He was he would dress up as like a Western man and like wear like wooly chaps and wear like the big tall hat and yeah, like take okay. like silly pictures. <laughs> and the kids actually coined him the king of Estes Park and they made him a little crown out oh. of a tin canister and he would wear that and take pictures with the kids. And it, it just sounds like he was like the uncle they all loved. They're like, thank God that what's his name? Freeman. Lord somebody, whatever oh, is gone. Lord Don Raven, yeah. <laughs> okay. He was probably like, I don't know, kicking the kids. <laughs> yeah, probably. The other thing that Stanley did is he was the biggest advocate along with another man named Enos Mills. And he funded Enos Mills to go around and ask the government and get uh, support to protect the land up there and make it the Rocky Mountain National Park. Otherwise, it would have, God knows what they would have done there. You know, mined it. And it it is now the fourth most visited park in uh, the U.S. And it's beautiful. I recommend everyone go there. See the Stanley, go to Estes Park. Yep. I mean, go to Rocky Mountain National Park. <laughs> he also deeded 54 acres of land to the town of Estes Park. And that's still there today. That's actually where they built the lake. It's a man-made lake. That was put onto that land that Stanley deeded to the company or I don't to the think I town. I saw the lake, or I'm just not remembering. It's where the fairgrounds are. There's a dog park. The Estes Park Events Complex sits there. So he's just a real benevolent man. He was a great example of leadership, and he shaped the way the town is today. So we owe a lot to him. It's not just the hotel, like I said. Yeah, uh, and that's why I'm glad you're doing this because everybody like just approaches it from know the him. paranormal or what's been happening there and how like. The Shining was made, but, but it's a really yeah. cool history how it all came to be and just how influent yeah. and he's a good guy and he's not a Lord Fuckface. Exactly. And this is what we need more, you know, rich citizens to do in Use this country. Use money for good. Yeah. Fund me. So there was a... <laughs> <laughs> fund us, please. There was a book written called Mr. Stanley of Estes Park, and I just thought this was a cool quote. He said, what Stanley showed is that government left to its own devices couldn't have done these things. Nope. One of the interesting things is that because of what Stanley did, while Estes Park was platted in the spring of 1905, the town did not incorporate until 1917. Why do most towns incorporate? They need tax dollars to do civic things. Stanley, in his giving gifts and organizing citizens to complete larger town projects, made incorporation and tax raising unnecessary for 12 years. That's extraordinary. Mm. Are there other people like Stanley to step up and do for the 21st century what he did for the 20th? I hope so. So 
Me too. That's We're my about closing. To have a housing crash. I know. <laughs> the Stanleys continue to go back and forth, and Freeman Stanley actually lived until he was 91 years old. Wow. With tuberculosis. That's crazy. So Colorado So it worked him. for him, but I would argue that happiness is what saved his life. I agree. Yes. He was also married to Flora for 63 years. Oh. She passed away from a stroke and he died just one year later. Oh. So they were like really that's sweet. Re- that's real love stuff. And I also tell you about these two, not only because they were very, very good people, but they're still supposedly at the Stanley Hotel today. Okay. I can't wait to meet them. So on that sweet note of uh-huh. the everlasting love of yeah. Freeland and Flora, I'm going to stop there for today and we'll pick back up. Oh, I don't want it to stop. I don't want to stop, but it's <laughs> we've been here for a long time, guys, know, and, we and we need to stop. And I mean, some of you guys probably are ready for a break, too. Uh, please come back. I want to tell you all about the hotel. I want to tell you about the ghosts that live there now. I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you about a very famous author and you a movie. You might know him. You might have heard of we him. We even have our own experiences we want to talk about because we've been there. Yeah, we've both so. been there. So we got a lot of interesting things to tell you guys more about the Stanley. Yeah, but thank you for listening. Yeah, it's been really, so really much. good. I really love this episode and I can't wait to I can't wait to tell you more about it. I can't wait to hear more. Hey guys, this is Kendra. I just wanted to jump in here and say that we are well aware that we use the wrong name when talking about Stanley. So his name is Freelan and not Freeman. <laughs> so Please forgive us and we will do better in the future. Thanks. So we are on all the socials. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We are under Lucid Lab Podcast. Yep. So check us out. No spaces. No spaces. We don't have a ton of content up there, but we will. Stick with us. Follow us. Like us. Whatever you do on these socials. I'm not. (laughs) I don't know. I I mean, we're we're going to figure it all out. Eventually, we will have a YouTube up and we'll... Let yes, you guys know we, that as we well. We do plan to at least put everything in audio on YouTube, but eventually we'd love to make them video content as well. Sure. So, so if we are on YouTube, it will be under Lucid Lab Podcast as well. We want to hear from you. We will eventually start doing listener stories. Yes. And so please email us is the best place to send those. And our email is lucidlabpodcast.com podcast at gmail.com and then we also have a p.o box that i'm going to let jessica tell you about because i don't know it (laughs) so if you want to send us anything via mail it is p.o box 251 east lake colorado 80614 and i just want to say please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts Thank you. Like us. Give us good (laughs) ratings. We are trying to build up this following. So please, please, please let us know. Anything you can do. Please only leave positive ratings. If you I, have. Say, I think I might have said that in the beginning. <laughs> you did. That yes. If you have negative just a reminder, comments, like, please don't leave them there. Take it to the boss if you have a problem. Let yeah, us email fix it. us. We will fix it. We don't are be douches. We are new. Don't be a douche. Thank you for listening to us. And in the meantime, stay lucid. Bye.